HD Smartcast. You are listening to an HD Smartcast original. What drives us today? I'm sure it's not money anymore. It's innovation, creativity, empathy, and inclusivity. These are some of the words we come across in the corporate world today. But who are these people who are responsible for such a drastic change and how did they come to these life altering conclusions Let's find out on HT Smartcast leadership lessons I'm your host Swati and continuing my journey of 18 years I'll be talking to the best thought leaders CEOs and top managers to understand how they build their teams companies solutions and themselves Like me if you wish to nurture the hidden leader in yourself Tune into this HT Smartcast original. Organizations collaborate when they believe they can accomplish more together than can alone. When a significant issue such as economic downturn threatens to have an impact on them or when a donor asks for collaborative efforts as a condition for funding, organizations also come together to solve a possible disaster that threatens a certain group of vulnerable community. collaborative organizations think about what is possible for their communities and the people they serve and how they can strengthen their collective impact they commit to a unified culture because it moves their mission forward today i have with me mr shiv kumar co-founder of the catalyst group and chief integrator of the covid action collab now also called community action collab welcome shiv on my show Thank you Swati. Hi. Good to be here. Shiv is a social investor who's passionate about solving complex social problems and improving the health and wealth of vulnerable societies and communities. In his journey of 24 years, he's helped change lives positively. Shiv has founded over 210 organizations while raising over 1.4 billion USD funds. Wow, now that's a big number. His work has impacted around 10 million people directly. Welcome Shiv to HG Leadership Lessons. You know, I have been uh, hearing all these numbers. So if you can just tell me something about how this whole journey of community action collab started for you. What was the vision behind and what was the motivation which has kept you driving for the past 28 years? Thank you wonderful to be here Swati. Um what drives us is uh, potential and possibilities. I think when tsunami hit India, um, you know, we all scrambled to uh, get relief and uh, get the right materials and uh, rebuild uh, the society itself locally. I think what we learned there is that we can't scramble like this every time there is going to be an emergency, right? And we did it again during COVID, yeah. and that's when we said we need a social infrastructure which brings people together, organizations together with good intention. to build it in a way that it is spring to ready responding platform right and that's where uh, covid action collaborative which was reasonably successful in reaching around uh, you know 12 million people with services mm-hmm. we decided we should make this that social infrastructure right which is ready for the next disaster which is around the corner as we know whether it's climate or the next uh, you know uh, pandemic unless we have these ready we shouldn't be scrambling every time for oxygen cylinders and uh, you know getting transport So that's what drives us, uh, Swati. And uh, I think in the journey, what we realized is, um, you know, intention, resources, policies, uh, are, do all exist, and we have tremendous capacities in the country. 
but bringing them together and integrating all of them with a people focus is where we lack that's what we do well yeah i think you truly said that uh, we all have the intent to do but just getting them together on the right platform and have a collaborative work is which has been not there and i think you're doing the work in that area now a lot of developmental organizations have been talking about doing work for the women landless poor a lot of programs and you've been also mentioning that you know you're doing with work with the uh, with the girls sex workers and the others now if you actually have to talk about there are a lot of developmental organizations which are there now what kind of requirements these organizations should cater to what should they have in them to serve the society right so whether they are salt workers street vendors transgender communities usually they have some organization supporting them their own organization or yeah. an ngo which works for them i think what happened covid is that many of them did not have funding and those communities were worse off right i mean because of covid we have another 100 million at least new poor people in the country so therefore there are two things we did at scale one is work with these organizations which work with these communities yes. uh, and we picked 13 vulnerable populations to do that uh, some of which i mentioned mm-hmm. second what we did is we supported them and empowered them through resources through training through technology to do what they are doing for their communities mm-hmm. and and do it at scale right if they were reaching 13000 can they reach 30000 mm-hmm. right if they were working in one district can they expand their work to three districts So that's the kind of work uh, that we did, mm-hmm. uh, and I can probably give you an example which will make this very real for the listeners. Uh, you know, vaccination government made it free and available, which is fantastic. Yes. They made it available everywhere. Yeah. But then why is it that hundred percentage of the population is still not vaccinated? Mm. And even in Bihar, in some parts, forty to fifty percent of people are vaccinated. it's because there has to be demand generation right you got to get the people to come you have to answer their questions patiently you have to follow up with them right you have to encourage the elderly to come forward and show them examples and that's what we did with the ground level ngos then we worked with the government hmm. they had huge problems they would have vaccines but no transport transport is there people are not there to give the vaccines so support them in doing that right and then the private sector right was so willing to pitch in we could give you vans we could give you so i think bringing them together is what we did that's what it it was a magic but it's a lot of hard work no i surely can say that it's a lot of hard work because to the same line uh, i think as media companies uh, we were doing a little bit of it where we were just trying informing people that it's good to come forward and actually get vaccinated but i know what you're saying that emotionally convincing somebody to come and do it and uh, taking up uh, the thing which they've not done is something difficult uh, so yes i'm sure it would have been a difficult one Swati, um, just on that, uh, I think one of the things we didn't do too well is actually work with the media closely, mm-hmm. right? I think uh, it was in our plans, uh, the private sector, the NGO, the you know the civil society, and media. But I think we failed to put the value down. What is in it for media uh, for them to also partner with us? I'm glad you mentioned that point. No, thank you. Because as you said, everyone was trying to contribute. So the only contribution right. we could look at was. talking about it because that's the contribution we don't mm. have feet on ground the only way we being heard is through on air on print or whatever whatever kind of a media you have 
you've been talking about the different people you're working with now what are the kind of the threats that you see in the future where your collaborative platform will be of help to any of the sectors non-profit public private because i think a lot of your preparation is for the coming time which you don't even know what it will be absolutely i think uh, let me again uh, take a real person's view on the ground uh-huh. Today, if you take a street vendor um, who is standing in the road selling vegetables, she has a huge number of issues from capital to standing in the heat to you know sexual harassment to regular supply to gundas in that area, mm. right? Those don't come and go because of COVID. They've always existed, and she has to face it every day. We call it the everyday emergencies for poor people. is to first address that because for her if you were to tell her there is another covid coming i don't think she's even interested she's interested in surviving today and feeding a child tonight right so that's the first thing we are doing is to build resilient communities who are not just uh, surviving today and tomorrow but are resilient right because you have to be able to take a knock when it comes your way mm. right and the second part of our work is really projecting who's going to be affected and how because of climate change Mm. Right. For example, if you're living in certain areas of Bihar, you're going to be affected by flooding, not by heat. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be living in certain parts of Andhra Pradesh where it's already 42, it's probably going to go to 50. Right. Mm. How is that street vendor going to be standing there? Is she going to get skin conditions? Is she going to get internal organ uh, failure, which will be very difficult to recognize, or heat strokes? Preparing her for the future. of what is looking very very real right not to do any fear mongering is very real and preparing her is the next step right is about building resilience for changes which may occur so those are the two areas of work that we do and when we do this we always talk about and i like the way you put the collaboration bit right and i always wondered you know collaboration is tough it's painful there is egos involved there is boundaries involved right so many human emotions so many human emotions that costs in world it's not easy yes. right and that's why we say 1 plus 1 is not equal to 11 don't do it mm. if it's just two it's probably not good enough right so that's that's a philosophy with which we have a focus around action not just talking right mm. uh, we can do nice frameworks but at the end of the day somebody doesn't experience it on the ground it's no use i think while listening to you i just realized the question that i asked you is more about future the threats that you will have honestly i didn't realize that every day is a fight for a lot of people the way you were explaining about that lady on the road who's actually a vendor and who's selling things for her whatever happens in the future even i'm sure during the covid her much more important thought on the mind or her problems were earning every day when nobody was providing her food and it was under a lockdown so as humans i think we are only active when the emergencies occur and we uh, kind of move on from the real problems of life so i think well said i think those are the problems that have to be first looked at the bigger problems everybody is watching but these are the problems like nobody is watching completely with you on that but on that one of the interesting things is how uh, as if you might analyze it and from a behavioral psychology angle hmm. we are people with abundance I think when you go back home, your fridge is not empty. Yes. Right. Your purse is not empty. You got a credit card, even if you're out of cash. That brings a certain element of safety for you to look at future. Sure. When you don't have any of those, the way you will think is 18 points IQ levels lower, right? 
and you will make poor choices and most important it's not about poor choices that's even a judgment mm. you will be very defensive right and that's true and and you will do it i will do it a farmer will do it and therefore building that everyday resilience is the mm. first step towards building a future resilience completely with you on that i mean when you just go back deep and think about it the basic human needs they come first and that's yes. when it's it's the strain way uh, any would uh, rise up in the pyramid the maslow's hierarchy yes, would be a good example to give here but apparently maslow himself regretted making the maslow's hierarchy saying that but it is still too it simplified. does work in the um, <laughs> the textbooks for years and it will work in the future it has worked in the past because that's the way right. we are used to looking at least some way to explain to the people who won't understand the way Correct. it moves up Correct. Correct. true i agree so what i would also want to ask you is you do so much of work across the communities you've been dealing with the corporates and the other people now how do you kind of raise funds for all this because everything that you're doing getting people together would need a lot of money and that's where uh, my question for you will be how does the funding happen i think donors also and many of the foundations want to give money for these kind of an activities and including the government mm-hmm. um typically if you look at funding swati people rush to the foreign foundations alone as the only giver mm. but we believe everybody is a giver individuals in india the government is a big giver mm. so firstly work with everybody don't just chase one set of people and say they're going to meet all your requirements right mm. out of the 1000 crores uh, covid action collab managed to raise 600 crores is indian government money uh, of social protection money which we transferred help transfer from the government to vulnerable communities right sure. now um the second formula we follow is to pick clear outcomes like we would like to vaccinate the most vulnerable people fast and quick mm-hmm. right? because they live in crowded areas they work in crowded areas they need more vaccination than me right so it's about picking the correct technically correct issues uh, which is vetted by experts and making them a national program for us mm-hmm. thirdly don't do this alone government wants to vaccinate you know media wants to help as you mentioned right ngos want to help work with everybody but keep that ultimate outcome 50 million people need to be vaccinated right or early days of covid we screened people for hypertension blood sugar uh, because these comorbidities make them more vulnerable right mm. and identify those people who need higher uh, protection mm. so programs like that is very important parallelly we also worked with local organizations having very good local programs hmm. and then we created this canvas of investment opportunities we didn't call it funding investment opportunities and then contacted foundations the government and various people and they and we gave them a range of options do you like a geography do you like an issue do you like a program do you like a partner pick any of these hmm. right and then invest directly and the last and the most important thing I didn't stand in front and say give me the money I said give the money to the people who need it not to me right and I think that resonated a lot with our donors saying that we are not even going to charge any percentage we are not an intermediary mm. we are here to shepherd and orchestrate right in that process I don't need money give it to the communities which need it right so these were the things which worked well for us Swati 
I'm sure when you actually channelize the money and you know the person who's contributing the money realizes that it's going to the right people nobody wants to withdraw the hand I think that's a clear indication of you being a company who's there to help people serve the people and nicely put not funding uh, investment options the moment you give it a nice word I think the people are ready to give it so anything which looks good feels good and people want to associate I just wanted to add one other thing and this mm-hmm. the word investment mm-hmm. it was more than a framing uh, issue mm-hmm. it was also a sign to the local organization don't don't just burn this money yes see how you can build assets see how you can ensure that um, you're not just vaccinating one person mm-hmm. can you ask the vaccinated person to motivate another five right that's why we call it the investment right so it it's the catalyst uh, it's not really okay here is money for every person vaccinated go vaccinate right then you will achieve less mm-hmm. um, so it's that multiplier effect it's that um, you know force multiplier that we can use uh, is why the investment is required not just a you know here some cash to spare more so when you know the person is investing and he can see that multiplier effect the happiness an individual gets is very different because at the end of it everybody has that some corner in them where they want to give back to the society from what they've got Absolutely. so you may say you may not say but the happiness and the satisfaction that somebody gets for that one good deed that you've done is very high and that goes a long way and we are all wired to do good right uh, we love to <laughs> we we love to say to ourselves we are good human beings so we are there to actually satisfy our own greed in becoming a good individual i think that's also a need of the hour for people to tell themselves we are good we doing good for the society as well um covid action collab is not merely an aggregation of partners you working at different levels at different capacities now uh, what are the different kind of partner ecosystems in driving the community work that you have and how does that help you to get your work uh, easier in getting to the right people firstly we work with 359 partners across india and it's actually a privilege mm. Uh, and we never did both saying oh we built the largest network mm-hmm. i don't think that gives us any kind of a happiness we actually represent these partners uh, with how humility of all mm-hmm. the work they do and there are three categories of partners mm-hmm. those who are on the ground working with the vulnerable communities who we call as implementers or pe- you know people focused organizations Mm-hmm. then there are uh, donors funders and investors which is a second category including academic institutions sometimes mm-hmm. and then there is those intermediaries consulting organizations technology companies behavioral sciences companies who want to do some good and they can play a role so these are the three types of partners and i would say that 50% or more are partners who are on the ground and that's a big strength for us and you can literally in india map put a finger and say do you have a partner here my team has a partner there so managing on ground is uh, more difficult okay i uh, just wanted to check how much of uh, emotional uh, healing burnout for the people on ground it will be do you have a set of doctors also in there uh, this is just an inquisitive question because the kind of work that you're doing and you're dealing with a lot of different type of emotions questions uh, people of different religions people of different cultures uh, different age groups so there is so much of a differentiation in the kind of the people so do you also have doctors who are helping you uh, with all this 
Very much. Uh, we are lucky that Catalyst Group has a public health institution which we founded 18 years ago called Swasti. And uh, mental health is a key part of our work, primary health care and mental health. Yeah. So COVID was a calling, literally, right? And that's a time when uh, our own staff uh, needed a lot of support. We have hired a company called Resilience Works, which works with our own staff to look at burnout and uh, you know identify issues for proactive action, mm-hmm. uh, including counseling and uh, other support. But beyond that, I think uh, when we design programs, again, learning from Tsunami and also during COVID, is we integrated mental health uh, for our staff, for our partner staff, and for the communities. Uh, But it's unfinished business, Swati, honestly. The level of requirement on mental health is so huge. I don't think we have professionals enough uh, to handle it. And if you ask me, it's a burden we're all living with. Um, And people who are suffering probably you know, bear the brunt, but their partners, their families also suffer. So to your question, yes, we did all that we could, uh, but I think we needed far more hands and legs and uh, brains to work on that. Listening to you, Shiv, uh, I'm sure a lot of people with the nice work that you're doing would want to come and associate with you. And if they want to come forward, would you want to tell them where they can come and reach out to you? Swati, the way uh, Community Action Collab was built is people reaching out to us saying, can I join? Can I help? Uh, Over 2,000 volunteers helped us and 359 organizations joined us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's an open invitation for anybody interested in the vulnerable communities or readying ourselves for future disaster, including resilience building, contact us. You could be an individual, you could be an organization, you could be part of the government, uh, whatever you are. Uh, community action collab at catalyst in plural dot org. I'll say again community action collab at catalyst dot org. So for my listeners, you heard it from Shiv. If you want to come and join him, it is community action collab at catalyst.org is the address. Please mail him, ask your set of questions wherever you want to help. You have a particular area where you want to work, just ping in there and I'm sure you will get the response. 2,000 people have already associated. Maybe you're the next one. Looking forward from a lot of you to come and join hands for uh, the current and the future disasters. Hopefully none comes in, but that's how life is. You don't know what comes in and the best we could do here is get prepared for it. Thank you, Shiv, for coming on my show. It was interesting talking to you, knowing about that there's so many people who are working for what could go wrong. And when you can plan better, you can act better in the worse situations. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, Swati. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for the listeners to staying on and listening. That's it for now. I hope this episode on HT Smartcast Leadership Lessons will lead you into a better future. If you have any questions or requests, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Swati Garg from Fever FM. To get featured on this podcast, write to us at podcast at the rate hindustantimes.com. For the latest information on my podcast, follow us at HT Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, YouTube and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com or suno nai nazariya se. This was an HD Smartcast original. HD Smartcast.